my friends and welcome back to the Toncast. I'm Tom McManus, your host. Uh, before I introduce my special guest, I just want to thank all of you that wrote in uh, to let me know about uh, various sales on the street that are happening in your neighborhood. I'm not actually able to leave my house and purchase anything, uh, but it's nice to know where there might be some goods that you want to get rid of. So uh, <laughs> keep those letters coming, keep those calls coming. Um, right now, I want to introduce you to someone who is a very important part of my life. So important that I think I've seen him once in the last 25 years. It was a terrific time. We had ice cream. Uh, and that is Mr. Todd Robert Anderson. Todd, welcome to the Toncast. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just uh, I was I was telling my wife that I had to do a, a, a podcast, and she said, "Oh, who's this one with?" And I was like, "Tom McManus. We went to high school together. Last time I saw him was in Hawaii." Yeah. And that's correct. And it it was a love. We had a lovely lunch. It was a lunch. We did have a lovely. It was a really nice afternoon, Todd. It was. It was one and, of the, very, I've had I had many visitors, so I, we were out there for six years, and uh, I had many visitors. But that was really chill, um, and I mean, you were there for work, and, yeah. And so you had this space in your day, but um, it was really it was like human. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people that come to visit Hawaii, they're like, I have to see the thing, and I have to go, you know, commune with nature and uh, put on grass skirt and offend people's native sensibilities. And, <laughs> uh, and that wasn't you. You were like, we could go to kind of an upscale place and have some ice cream and talk about our friend Zach Galvin because it was his birthday. That's right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. It was. It was really nice. Uh, uh, I, I, I have very fond memories of that day. That was like one of my favorite all-time guest star jobs that I ever got because... I wasn't in that much of the episode. I mean, I had to, you know, murder somebody. And, you know, there were a couple scenes where I got, you know, grilled by the Hawaii Five-O guys. But they brought me out there for 10 days, and I was really only working five of those 10 days. So I had five days off in Hawaii. And then I got to spend one of them with you, which was nice. And there were... Well... There were dolphins, I remember, in like a... There were dolphins... Yeah. You know, that's not a great feature of that particular <laughs> I mean it's 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 lovely when you first see them but you know when you think about what are these dolphins doing maybe 50 yards from the ocean living in a, like a lagoon and then if you go there and, and you see people like grabbing them and you know there's all these signs like we treat them humanely I'm like but they're still in your pond <laughs> uh, yeah they're so, still yeah. in your little pond Hawaii is a, is can be a set of contradictions like that, right? It's a, you know, it's like we want to give you these authentic experiences, pay us a lot of money, and then we're gonna create something, um, which is not, you know, we we had a lot of really authentic experiences, but they were with real people who were working nine to fives and, you know, having having uh, get-togethers in their garages or carports, and uh, you know, just kind of feeling that ohana like 
you're you're here you're hanging right it's not a um not forced or um or put on but um i mean right now i'm feeling for a lot of folks because in, in hawaii the tourism industry is just just done yeah um, i don't know how they can reopen that's that's crazy so that's and it's a challenge for them right now. And you're you're are are you where are you now? I am in the fine state of Pennsylvania. Oh, you're I'm, in Pennsylvania. I'm doing my uh, my second tour in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so after college, went to the university. Uh, went to the University of Pennsylvania, but after college, stayed and worked there um, and met my wife. And uh, we we had our first baby in the city of Philadelphia 22 years ago this August. Um, and then uh, we got kind of wonder, wanderlust and uh, went to a bunch of different places. And um, now we're back, which is great because my parents, um, I don't know if you know this, my parents retired from Boston and moved to Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so you want to be close here. to the GPs, basically, is what the... Yeah, the yeah, which hasn't worked out so well <laughs> over the last few months. Um, right. We've had, we've had some nice Skypes. We figured out how to play online bridge. That, that's pretty cool. That is um, cool. But, that's cool. Yeah. But they're there. They're doing. They're doing well. They're doing as well as they can. They're on the thirty-fourth floor uh, of uh, the Academy House, which is over the Academy of Music on Broad Street, right downtown. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they were locked in for a while. And then I called one night, and I'm like, "Mom, how you doing?" She's like, "Well, there's a lot of smoke. Uh, they're burning the they're burning the buildings and looting the buildings around us." <laughs> Um, oh God! <laughs> I'm like, well, do you want to break your quarantine that you've had for a couple months, and like we can come get you? And she was like, eh, I'll wait it out. I'll wait it out. I'll see how I feel tomorrow. Good for I her. Just can't open the can't open the slider on the glass door, and you know, yeah, we'll see. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's working out. Philly's doing well. They're, it's doing well. Well, it's the uh, city of brotherly love, isn't it? Isn't that what it's? Call. That is that is what we call it. Is that really and, true? Because it, it's in it, it's always sunny. It seems like it's not like that, but I don't know how accurate that show is. Always sunny. Yeah, it's probably yeah, probably closer to <laughs> to. I mean, Philly's very you know very much a, a city of neighborhoods, and that's a that's a good slice of a of a Philly neighborhood experience. Do you know it? It drips with L.A. I mean, the production drips with. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's real ironic. It's like cheers, you know, <laughs> like they film the outside, but then inside it's. Yeah, well, I think they did for a while. They shot it out there, but I don't think they do anymore. Um, um, I always wondered, like, is it is Philly? Would you say is it more rocky or more? It's always sunny because those are the only two Philadelphias I know. Is the rocky one? I mean, I've been there, but you know. Um, it's both of those things and, and much, much more. And, um, so the last two years I've been, I've been building a school in, in the city. So I just started a new gig yesterday, mm -hmm. um, out in the suburbs, which is a, a beautiful little independent day school, preschool through eight, oh. um, little guys. And I'm totally excited. Um, I'm the head of school and that's like a big big opportunity very cool does that mean um, you're the principal of the school it means that i'm the um so so a, a an independent school is a nonprofit. Okay. right so i'm the i'm the ceo of the nonprofit. okay um so i'm responsible for for everything like the board hires one person 
and then that person is responsible for making sure that all the people are in place for the operations of, of the school. Okay. Um, and so people, people become heads of school. The route I went, which was sort of more of an academic route, like I was a college counselor and an English teacher and a theater director. And um, then I learned to do other stuff and became a principal. I was a principal for almost a decade at two different schools. And, um, and so I come in with a lot of, of background on program um, and I've learned a lot of other things. I'll get to that in a second. But um, there's other folks that come from sort of business side, like they'll be um, business managers or often like admissions folks or fundraisers. And then they kind of come in. And so as we put together our teams, we try to put together really strong teams for the things that we might not be as strong in. Um, the cool opportunity I had was the gig that brought me back to Philadelphia from Hawaii was this startup school. And um, the, the benefactor put together a group of people and, and I got to know her because she's a friend of my sister, Mary, um, who lives in, in the city mm -hmm. and also. And uh, she's just, she was just looking for people that knew about high schools. And so she put together this team, but I was the only one who um, really had any, had touched sort of the back end pieces. Um, you know, I had, I had done school accreditation and I, so I kind of knew what a school needed even though I'd never done like um, creating a board and creating all the bylaws and, and building the business infrastructure and all that stuff. But I brought up in a meeting, like a school needs this stuff. And so they said, yeah, you'll do that. So, um, so for, for the last two years, I've been doing that, um, which has been really exciting. But all that to say that um, the school's located in North Philadelphia, which um, in, in some circles has a really sort of bad reputation. Like North, North Philly is a rough, it's a, a rough part of oh, town. Oh, okay. Um, but it was, it was really a wonderful experience because when I was in Philadelphia before, I didn't go to North Philly. And, um, and so being in North Philly, being part of, of the community, um, having our students come from all different communities, but a lot of them from that area, um, I just feel really grateful and fortunate to, to know that part of Philadelphia. Um, so, you know, cause the Rocky thing is real. South Philly is, is, is real. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it, it rings really true. You know, the, the always sunny kind of, um, cynical grungy piece of it is there, uh, in center city in South Philly. And, you know, there's a lot of gentrification happening in the city, which is very dynamic and, um, and tension filled. Uh, but there's a lot of need. There's a lot of people that really, uh, are trying to figure life out and need a hand, frankly. Um, and so um, it's, it, was, it was cool to do that, that work during this time. Um, what I didn't love about it is it was a startup. Like, oh, I mean, you're, you're kind of in your own, you are your own business, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm more of a, a, a person for hire more than... Like an independent contractor. Yeah, I mean, and at this yeah. point I have my stupid corporation and I'm a loan out and all that nonsense but so technically I'm a small business uh, owner yeah. uh, but uh, not really uh, <laughs> it's just it's uh, for tax purposes um, but I, I mostly what I do is I get hired by somebody I'm not really my own business although I'd like to be I, I it would be cool if my my corporation that I set up for tax purposes became like a real production company name. I certainly would be uh, open to that. And I may have to do that if I'm going to well, keep doing this at this point. I'm now an experienced entrepreneur who got out of it after two years. So <laughs> this is why I had you on. 
Oh, okay. Because I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, um, how can we take you to the next level mm. uh, with the business? You know, what is, what is your vision? Um, let, let maybe start with the mission statement. What, what is it, you know, what is it about? Who do you serve? Uh, well, first and foremost, I serve myself uh, before anybody else. Uh, and but my business would be it, it would be a, an entertainment. But I would like to make movies. Let's just call it that. It's a thing. Okay. It's a business that makes movies. Um, and uh, I would love to have a um, you know a Corman esque situation where I'm just like greenlighting all these low budge movies from all these new auteurs who are like working in a. In a in a tight budgeted environment because I think a lot of great creativity comes out of that. And then while yeah. while and I'm other people are making movies and I'm making my own movies, you know that would be cool. Mid mid but like I just I need some seed money like two three hundred million dollars. You yeah. know. Okay. All right. It, Let me make a note. <laughs> if you could, if you could kickstart that, that'd be great. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, although you know what I mean, it's like I don't, I I don't deserve that out of the gate. Just get me ten to fifteen million dollars so I can make the first movie uh, that will have the Three Gingers Productions banner on it. You know, like let's not uh-huh. start with the giant corporation right away. We'll just start with a movie. So just get me like fifteen mil. No biggie. Okay. No biggie. All right. I can make a few calls. Um, That'd be great. No one will pick up. But I, I can. <laughs> you I can, can make, make a few calls. calls. Now, well, your parents are retired. They've got they 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 <laughs> they've got Philly money. They, like just <laughs> they, they do. They're sitting. They're sitting on it. They're sitting on the uh, town of Sherburn pension money. <laughs> is yeah. it, is your dad? Here's my question about your dad. Because I love your dad. I love your parents, as you know. I, I went to CCD with your mom. Yeah. For, yeah. for uh, was that more than one year? Was that twice? Two years? Well, I mean, she was the the head honcho. She was the. So in a way, we always went to CCD with. <laughs> and we went. We went to CCD with your dad too. Yes. No. Uh, my mom. Not. It wouldn't have been your my mom. dad. It would have been my mom had. Was my, there also a Cub Scout thing that ran out of your house for a while? There? Yeah, but we don't talk about that because of the scandal. I know. <laughs> So legally, I I can't talk about it. But uh, yeah, my mom did both of those things. She did Cub Scouts and she did okay. the CCD thing. Um, as did my next door neighbor, uh, Mr. Grimes. He right. did yeah. CCD. Yeah, and Mike. he, yeah, um, Mike, and he would yeah. dr- drive me home because he was right next door. So I got I got free rides to the Sunday school, which is no great shakes. In that you know I had to go to Sunday school. I wasn't a big fan. Um, yeah. Uh, but he but drove it was frequently on Monday. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> it was also Monday school. Although I feel like when Grimes did it, it was on Sunday. It was like Sunday afternoon or something when he did it. Yeah, or, I feel like he was like a, um, you know, kind of like the character from um, from the Americans. Have you seen the Americans? Uh, no, I really haven't. Okay. Oh, it's great! It's great. We're actually rewatching it. We're oh. making our children all rewatch Americans. But there's this sort of cool pastor character. Like someone who's like, not not obsequiously so, but like, yeah, man, I vibe with you, right? Like, I feel like you care about me. That's cool, you know. 
He was real chill. He's a really nice guy. He, you're right. He had that vibe, that chill vibe. Um, the problem being is when he like would get into the Bible study portion uh, and there was reading and uh, ruminations on the readings, it was intensely dull. Intensely. <laughs> um, but what wasn't dull ever was the ride to and from the hour of Sunday slash Monday school because uh, he drove like a maniac. It was it was terrifying. And one 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 time I said, um, "Mr. Grimes, do you think like you're driving way over the speed limit? Do you think is that okay?" <laughs> and his <laughs> his defense was, "Look, everybody's driving over the speed limit, and if I go slower, then that's just going to cause an accident." And I was like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All right. He was a yeah. man. He was a man of faith, Tom. A man of faith. He was. Yeah. I mean, angel wings would lift him. But I just feel like so many of those roads, and maybe yours in particular, is why it's resonating with me. But there'd be like these these valleys where you would hit a train track, and you just be like boom. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. If you got any head of speed, I mean, I, to this day, like looking back at the way I drove around that town, it's amazing that I lived. Oh, um, yeah. You, you, just, you just get it a, sec, a second sense of like, you know, where the curves are and everything. Now, old man, I'm driving like, we'll go up to, to visit friends in Maine or Vermont or something, and I'll be like, oh my God, there's, I don't know where the road is. There, there's no street lights. <laughs> you know, you're just constantly freaked out. Yeah. We would fly down those streets. Oh yeah, there was a part of my street in 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 Sherburne, uh, uh, hunting lane was the name hunting of it. Because uh, I guess it was a lane where people hunted. Sometimes I don't know. I never saw any hunters myself. Back in the Bogusto days. But yeah, back in those yeah. days when it was mostly apple orchards. But there was like a section where there were these, there were these two like dips, and that's, they were yeah. That's what it, I'm thinking of. Those like, and they were, and it was pretty extreme. I mean, they weren't huge or anything, but it was extreme enough. And my dad used to enjoy speeding up just enough to give you that like roller coaster feel of your yeah, yeah, your yeah. And, and the kids would all and he would do it because he had a Buick Skylark convertible which was like army green it looked like a giant tank but you know so we'd have the top down and he'd do that and we'd jump and it'd be like wee so when I got my license and I was driving around Sherburn like a, a Gen and Dover, obviously, and Framingham and Natick, let's be honest, like a total asshole, a horrible driver. Uh, but I tried to do that, but I tried to best my dad to get really, and I was like, I'm going to get a little bit airborne off of this one hill. And I did it, and I went too fast, and like all four wheels came off the pavement, which was awesome when we were in the air. But when we landed, it's a it's a car it's a minivan, and it bottomed out, and then yeah. immediately and then scratched, and we were like, oh shit! And then it just started stalling out, and I was like, I ruined my parents' car, and then we took it in, and it was just like when I had bottomed out, a piece of dirt had gotten lodged in the carburetor, which is what right. made it stall out. So it turned out to be not a big deal. But boy, that's was that's a happy ending. That's an unexpected happy ending, Todd. <laughs> 
boy was <laughs> this is the kind of story that needs to be told yeah and the 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 way the lies that were told to get me out of being in trouble to make it an accident and i had to coordinate with my brother and sister who were in the car when it happened so we all had to work out the lie for my benefit so i didn't get chewed out by uh, uh bob anderson it yeah. well, uh, you were doing it for their entertainment as well though yeah, yeah, we I'm were. Sure. I mean, as a younger sibling myself, every terrifying thing that my <laughs> older siblings subjected me to, I was fully in on. <laughs> yeah, you want it. I was never strapped in against my will. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was uh, honestly goaded on by them to do this. So, but it's funny that you brought that up because I totally forgot about that, uh, <laughs> that happening. I had, a, I had a question for you. This is unrelated to uh, Hunting Lane and cars bottoming out. You were in Hawaii for six years. Uh, yes. On the island of Oahu. Yeah. So and th- and now you're back in Philly. Why? Why? Like, you got a wanderlust which brought you to Hawaii. Yeah, it's well. I mean, that's a that's a cavalier. You know, the wanderlust. You know, so so I grew up in the same house for eighteen years. You know the house. Mm-hmm. And. Um, was terrified about moving and like, you know, I, that was my definition of childhood was to be in one place. And, um, my wife completely different, like Rolling Stone, like her, her dad had a bunch of different gigs and, and they just, you know, they three, four years, they'd roll on somewhere else. And so I used to like, I joke with her in political seasons, like you're a carpet bagger, like you'll claim home to be anywhere. <laughs> um, but, uh, but she also just, she loves to, to kind of create, new experiences and that's rubbed off on me a little bit um so we you know we have we've we've moved a bunch um and uh and we went out there um so you know somewhat kind of because i was running i was running away from a bad a bad gig um this is widely distributed and they'll hear about it but um (laughs) so my first principalship you know so i i was a i was a college counselor and a curriculum person and um, I was at the school in Delaware for nine years and then I decided I wanted to be a, um, a principal and I, I would like to have been the principal there, but I was working with somebody who's really great. Who's my mentor. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. Hate to lose you, but you know, if you want to look around. So I interviewed at all these places and it came down. Um, I was trying to get to, this is my wife pushing to, to Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. So I actually had a, had a finalist interview at the Laison American School in Switzerland. I flew to Switzerland. <laughs> uh, to, I'm laughing because it's just, it's insane that like if I had gotten the job, we just, we would have gone. We would have just picked up. You would have gone to Switzerland. Yeah. And gone to Switzerland. And, um, and at that point we had three kids. And I think that that was one of the deal breakers because they were like, we don't, we haven't put up foreign teachers with that many kids before um so so i but i went and i i had i had the uh craziest interview of my life um this school is actually a proprietary school which means that this family owns the school and they uh you know they had four finalists and i think i was like the fourth in a row um and and they had a nice time i was there for for two days met all the people had all the conversations and then they're like we want to take you out for, for something authentic, Swiss authentic, you know, outing. So we sit down and we went for raclette. You know, raclette is like this, uh, this 
mound of cheese, basically, with various oh, oh. things that you like scrape up. Is it hot? I'm lactose, in is I'm it lactose intolerant. <laughs> is it hot cheese or is it like... It is hot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hot it's cheese. It's warm hot. Yeah, yeah. And how are you like super lactose intolerant or just like it gives you a tummy ache or do you are, are you in the bathroom for the rest of the night? No, I mean, it doesn't debilitate me, but it it's really uncomfortable. Okay. But not on the spot. You know, it's really, you know, it's it really what you want to do before you uh, go to bed, wake up at four in the morning and get on like an 18 hour flight. That's, <laughs> that's the thing you want to do. But anyway, so they take me out and... Um, and they start to pour schnapps. And I'm like, okay, Ugh. this is authentic. And maybe this is a good sign. Maybe things are going well. Um, and maybe Switzerland and, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I start, you know, I got a little buzz on and I'm like, you know, the bells are like the, the, the warning lights are ringing in the back. Of my, like, okay. You know, I am still on an interview. These people are, they're going to make a, a, a determination about whether I should be here or not. Um, and then Right kind of at the at the apex of the meal, literally. The 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 patriarch of the family, the current owner of the school, says, Okay, Tom, now we want to talk about some tough situations at school. We're gonna do a little role playing. And he, he, he literally like turns his chair. Mr. <laughs> McManus. He's like, This is an Indian family. I'm like, I can tell. <laughs> It's all right. It's he a, he, did an probably not a he did an accent. He did an accent. Oh my God. My son is not getting a good grade in, in any of the classes. <laughs> what would you do? I give a million dollars to the school. And I'm like, uh, like, I wish my wife was here to just witness this. I wish I, I wish I could record this. This is a dirty interview. It's like, like there was a part of it that it was like, oh my God, I've got to answer it. And there's another part that was like, this is the coolest thing that could happen on a job interview. They got me drunk. And then they like played this like mind game with me. What the hell? Um, so I didn't get the job. No. I didn't get the job. I was told that I did not get that job because, um, I had never fired anyone before, which, you know, huh? is probably a pretty good reason not to get a job, because if that's what they want you for, primarily, I, I, unfortunately, I have I've had to let people go since in other in other roles. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I, I understand the way it might prepare you in a way like, but if sure. that's what you think you're looking for, <laughs> like, oh, that's not going to be a pleasant trip to switzerland um so that's sort of like uh what uh we uh the united states of america were looking for in a president though yeah so oh, yeah. maybe they thought this is an american guy he's yeah. he loves to fire people yeah yep and, I, and it was it was prescient actually they're <laughs> like this is we're, we're going to be ahead of the curve <laughs> america seems like a nice place but if we could get someone like that yeah. <laughs> it's just um, firing left and right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was my what you know, Michelin stream. Like, let's have an adventure, right? Let's mm. do an adventure, even though we've got like this kid and this kid and this kid. Like, let's just throw it all up in the air. And while all that's happening, a search agency gives my resume to this all boys Episcopal school in Baltimore, and the head, who is a mensch and an amazing person, starts to like stalk me. And starts to call me and he's like you should you should cut like can i can i come talk to you can i come to your school and i was like on a on a, one level i'm flattered but i'm like 
an all boys Episcopal school in Baltimore, like, could you list more things that aren't going to be for me? <laughs> um, but that was the job I got. I was there for three years. Um, and, and there were many, there are many wonderful things about it, but it wasn't a great fit for me personally. Um, sort of where I learned that there's things that you do for your job that, um, like they're too much to ask of yourself. Now you, right. you, you like, you inhabit characters, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, create characters. You don't want to go to work every day being a character. You're not, if it's real life. <laughs> Right. That's true. You know, that's true. And, well, and, that happens with acting too. I mean, it, it, it's like I, most of the money I make or have made is in commercials. So there's certain, you know, I've been asked to do cigarette, foreign cigarette ads, and I've been like, I, I don't think I can do that because that feels wrong, like selling yeah. cigarettes to foreign kids. I mean, no one would know about it over here. And it certainly has worked out for celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio and Michael Jordan have made millions of dollars selling cigarettes to kids overseas. But I decided I decided not to do that for for scale. I wasn't getting paid their kind of money. Might have been it might it might be harder to say no to gazillions of dollars. But I I uh, I felt like that's that's not me, even if I am playing a character. So I I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I felt like I was booting up in another system. You know, it was like I had to be this, and and that was really on me. In retrospect, it was really on me. Like, um, and I, that's kind of what I learned. So the Hawaii gig was like a. Um, I was, my 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 boss who who I loved, said that he was leaving the school, and I was like, "You're the best part of this school for me." So, um, what am I going to do? I was kind of down in the dumps, and my sister who lives in Hawaii. Margaret, um, had, had emailed like a couple months before, like, Hey, guess what? The principal of my kid's school is, is leaving. And ah. I'm like, that's nuts. Like, you don't just like, that's funny, you know, ha ha. Right. You don't just like, I've been on the East coast. All, I'm not going to move to Hawaii. Right. Right. Um, and then, uh, my wife and I actually went to, uh, we went visiting friends back in Wilmington. We had way too much wine. And we got back to, to where we were staying, and she's like, what about that job in Hawaii? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's, that's insane. And, and she's like, yeah, but like, what about it? So, so I, I reached out. It was really late in the cycle. Like, I actually had signed my contract at this school. I had to go back into my boss and say, uh, I, you know, this is an opportunity. I don't know if it's the, you know, if it's kosher, all that kind of stuff. And I, he encouraged me, which was really wonderful of him. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So, so we, we went out there. Um, I remember the feeling of the plane lifting off and being like, will I ever come back? And does it, does it matter? It was like, it just felt like such a huge break from the life that I had lived before um, to go into, I mean, Hawaii is as different, uh, it, I think it's as close to being an ex, expat and a, you know away from a lot of the trappings of American culture um, as you can get and still be in in a state right. a union. Um, the story of how Hawaii is Hawaii is is criminal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a it was a monarchy that we kind of you know our American business people toppled and then said oh let's you know we can run it. 
we'll just pull it into, you know, a lot of good resources here, a good place to park a Navy. And, um, and, and so there's, there's a lot that you learn when you're out there about that history. That's, um, when you're not just kind of doing the, doing, doing the, doing the sites. Um, but, but it was, it was amazing. It was just a really, it was, it was lovely. So, um, why we came home is that one of the things we learned is that there's all this um, really great intergenerational living. I mean, just by nature of of the small landmass that it is, and the family ties are really, really strong. And mm -hmm. um, so, while we probably made some of the best friends of our lives out there, like really, we love so many of the people, um, and we felt like, in many ways, we were embraced. I mean, we, we would never be Hawaiians, right? But right. We, we were embraced. Um, we knew how to live a life there. We also had this pull of like, but our people are somewhere else, right? My, my parents are... Right. Uh, you don't have the family bonds. It's just... Yeah. yeah. So my sister, my, you know, my sister's still out there and that was really hard to leave her. Um, it, was a, it was great to be with her. Um, but, but also our kids started to go to college. So our oldest went to... Went to, this, is an, uh, this is a great story. This is a cautionary tale. You, gotta, you guys have to be careful about this. All right. We, we, we're living in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Our oldest child gets into a college in Pennsylvania. And so excited. Early decision. Swarthmore College. Super psyched. Couldn't be happier. We come to drop him off. And right after we drop him off, my wife says, turn left here. I'm like, what are, you, what are you saying? It's like, there's, a, there's some houses for sale here. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, and so a, a few months into his freshman year of complete independence, we say, hey, guess what? We're moving next door. <laughs> I got a job in Philadelphia, and we literally moved into the same town. <laughs> and, and how is he about that? He's a, he is a beautiful person. Um, he li I mean, he's living with us full-time now, right? Because college shut down. Everything shut down. Right, right, right. Um, move out was really tough. Like, throw your stuff in a bag, walk across the street. Um, <laughs> you know, we have some rules. Like, when school's in session, we're, we're not allowed on campus. We don't, you know, we don't walk the dog. We don't, you know, we just don't run into him somewhere. Um, but he's really, uh, I don't know, a, a, a friend told us once, like, you should thank your child for being your teacher about how to be a a parent and and that's jack like he definitely he taught us he continues to teach us um and and so it works with him mm -hmm. the next one in line he would he would kill us <laughs> he would kill us You're right so he's 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 headed to minnesota the charlie's headed to minnesota at, to McAllister college next year um and and he he just needs that kind of true break in independence um you know, yeah, just a just a different personality. But yeah, Jack's Jack's been cool, and we we were like really excited to be able. He's he does a lot of theater, and uh, designing as well as acting and directing and things. And so we can go see him. My parents can take the train down, um, and you know we can walk up the hill and see a show. And it's 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 really nice. It does sound nice. You started having kids when you were still in your twenties, right? Am I doing my yes. math right? Yeah. So, so, cause I was, I, I, as a, as a person, I was very resistant to having children at all. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad my wife made me, but, you know, she kind of had to make me. Uh, so I just wonder is, and th the other question I had, this is sort of related to that is, are you still uh, a practicing Catholic person? And do you think that Catholicism is why you had kids, uh, when you were still in your twenties? Wow. That's a, that's a, that, that's a great question. It's multi-layered. Um, yeah, we, you know, so, you know, we started, we had our first child when we were 25, 26 mm -hmm. and we had our last child when we were 45, 46. Yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> What's that about? At this point, uh, yeah, both no. of our listeners have, are like, what? <laughs> a scandal. Actually, no, like my, one of my favorite people on the planet is my, uh, She's not really my cousin, but we call her my cousin, my cousin Mary Beth, uh, who she's my uncle. She's technically, I guess. No, she's not really anything to me because she's my uncle, who's my uncle by marriage, is his sister. But she's younger than I am. So, like, I grew up with this, you know, uh, kissing cousin, as they always called her. And I didn't really understand why they called her that until I got older. And then it was like, oh, dude, that's gross. <laughs> but, but, why didn't but, you tell me? What is, oh, God damn it. Um, but I always, I always loved that their dynamic as a, as a brother and sister when she was so, the, the like, the birth, the difference in ages is so intense. Do you, yeah. are you are you are you finding that with your uh, kids? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's almost like a different generation. Yeah, it's know? weird. Yeah, uh, but we're we're <laughs> we think we're better parents. Our older kids are like, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't you like this with us?" Um, yeah, yeah. So our 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 third youngest, our third our third kid in line is fourteen, and and the the fourth is two just turned two last week um we are not catholic no we are not catholic um i i uh i tried to go to to church in college a little bit and um it didn't take and i had a lot of um i had a lot of existential questions um you know like uh you know losing our friend alan right mm -hmm. losing losing other people i lost a couple friends my freshman year of college and um this is sort of like i i had a, a a chip on my shoulder maybe about like like this isn't this isn't just right that the, the world isn't just it isn't put together in a way that uh someone i would believe you know who, who loves me and, and and is going to care for me is is has composed it. Um, yeah. And so I, plus Sundays are it's hard to get up. And then, um, <laughs> so so I we you know I, I pushed it away and um and and then I also grew in in understanding about what the institutional Catholicism was all about. Mm -hmm. right? uh, we went to a very liberal church by by comparison. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Uh, like so um, much changed for me when just the the priest we had, Father O'Connor, growing up. So much changed for me when he passed away, and they sent in. I think his name was Father Bailey. Like that. Like the way I looked at church changed 
so much because of the different personalities of those two two men. I would like to go back in time and see Father John O'Connor again. Yeah. Um, because I really, in, he was like a, a father figure and not in a creepy way. Yeah, um, he, he was and, a total and, sweetheart, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, re- a beautiful person, but I, I wasn't mature enough to understand his, his complexity as a person, right? It was just sort of like... So it's almost like a Santa Claus figure. Yeah, you know? and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like my mother might have told me that he was a bit of a... Well, not a bit of... I mean, especially back then in the 80s, he was a renegade uh, mm-hmm. priest, and he was and he was, he was was marrying gay uh, men together uh, in Catholic ceremonies. Yeah. I mean, like... I and, like and, and making altar girls. Yeah, all, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, and played and played fast and loose with uh, what uh, uh, alter people were at all because I never went through formal stuff. But like, if there was a, if they were short, because I, and it was something about the small town, but they're like, we only have one altar boy. We need two altar boys. Will you do this? Step in, and I'd just be in like my regular street clothes, like doing the altar yeah, boy, and totally. he just yeah. he just tell me everything to do. Yeah, and I'd be like, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cool guy. He yeah. was a cool guy. Yeah, and I remember, you know, because we we went through, uh, you know, all the stages together. We had, uh, you know, first communion together, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we were confirmed together. Yeah, uh, and then we, and I'm sure we were, we were always in the same CCD class, right? Yeah. So yeah. so we went through the uh, confessional thing together first, like right. first confession i don't know is there what a word call that yeah first con- first penance Something first like that. penance that that sounds yeah. right uh, we're we're that's what we're calling it so we went that's through what that it is now yeah yeah but i remember that, that there was the choice between you know the 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 classic blind confessional thing where yeah. and they would put up a thing because it was like a small it, it was like an old barn that they turned into a church before they Tore it down and rebuilt it. it. Built the new one, yeah. So there was like a, it was just like a little partition. So you knew he was there. It wasn't like the enclosed booth you get at the big churches. That was the private one, or you could just sit with him in his office and and tell him what you did. And And I remember being like, I don't know. uh, There's, uh, I guess I've broken so many of the commandments, and I, you know. Like the first time I went in there, I was like, "Well, I definitely didn't honor my mother and father. I didn't honor them at all." Is and I was like, and I feel like that covers everything else I possibly could have done. <laughs> kind of a blanket. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, you're you're right. Technically, you're right, but you know, if you're really penitent, you have to be more forthright. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. But he was very encouraging, and God, it was that also was terrifying. You know, yeah, like I can't, hor- I, I can't imagine. Asking my children to do that now. No. no. I mean, no. Bad enough that I, you know, the day that I I said to them, you know, I have a filter on the Wi Fi and I can see what you're surfing. (laughs) That was was bad enough. (laughs) Yeah, we've. Do you have anything you want to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I mean, to, to, to bring it all the way around. No, so 
we we just we enjoy being together and uh and we love having kids um so that wasn't inspired by catholicism but um but we have actually um we kind of made a we've been married four times okay so what, so what do you mean you've been married, married four times we eloped to vegas so so we eloped to vegas um with a with, with yeah so that that's a good story for another time I know oh, we're, we're hang on tom um, you're uh, breaking up on me a little bit i want to hear this oh, story i lost you um hello are you talking okay go back start start that again you're back i can see you yeah you good yep okay so um so we we eloped to vegas mm-hmm. um and then uh we didn't really tell a lot of people um and then we called my mom when we got home and she pretended to drop the phone she was so upset um <laughs> so we we then then planned another ceremony um a year later uh we did it actually here at swarthmore college in the meet in the friends meeting house we wrote our own ceremony with a, a very dear friend of ours um and and we we wrote it all and that was wonderful and then on our 10th anniversary we had found religion so um kind of the 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 vow that we made to each other was that we would support each other's you know spiritual growth along with everything else that we we do for each other right and um and so we found this church in in wilmington delaware it was pre- first first in central presbyterian and just uh it was like renegade right it was just like we walked in with our um two little boys and halfway through the service i was like I think we're the only straight people here. Um, and, and so we were just like inspired and there was a social justice bent and it was extremely diverse. And I was like, this is a church. This is like, this is a church. Like, and, and, um, and I could go here. Uh, and so, so we became, um, you know, we became members of that church. And then, you know, so each, each kind of stop in our vagabond, uh, journey we found a, a ch- we've shopped for churches like we've kind of been like all right like let's read the sermons let's let's look at what they're about um we we became presbyterian and then when we went to hawaii we became uh episcopalian because they were more liberal and open and accepting and and out front about welcoming all people than the presbyterian church um sure. and and now we uh you know we're we're, we're courting the Presbyterian Church here, it's hard because uh, you can't be in the same room. That's a, that's a, that's a church thing. No singing. Oh. No, you know, it, right? Like church, like think about what church is. Like everybody like packed in together and like proclaiming and spitting and it's just. Yeah, yeah. I can do right now, but I'd I'd rather go to a church where uh, the you know they like throw snakes at each other and stuff just for the entertainment value. I mean, that, my, my biggest problem with Catholic <laughs> mass growing up was it was interminably dull. It was just so boring, um, and it was only like with Father O'Connor. It was only ever interesting when it was his sermon and he would play fast and loose, especially when it was. If you went to the noon mass, he would race through it to, so he could catch kickoff because he was a big college football guy or whatever. So that was uh, always entertaining. But the the 
the mass itself because it's the same thing every week. It's like watching the same hour long boring ass movie every week. It's, it's like you know, like the the except you have to kneel, except you have to kneel during it. <laughs> Right, right. You have to stand, sit, and kneel. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you pick an hour of I don't know Avatar, and then you have to sit through that same hour of Avatar every week while doing this like light aerobic workout. It was not. I didn't. I just. I. I did I, like, you and your siblings have, have? Did Did you guys have the church laugh? What What's the Were you like my, my, So my siblings and I Were you like, hold it in To this day Like if we're together On a holiday And we go to church Like Someone will Will make a noise Or do something That cracks everyone else up <laughs> And you have to not Right You're like Right, right You're right. just like Trying to hold it in um, <laughs> Which can have Disastrous effects Right Because someone yeah. Like will try to And they just or like, ah! you know, yeah, you um, can't. anything that you breaks can't that laugh. tension of that silence. <laughs> there was like the things that I remember when I was, uh, so do you remember that Sean McElhaney? Sure. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. 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 So, so Sean and I went to, we were at church and we were, uh, the old church there on the left side, there was sort of like a, a kind of a tuck in area, right? Like, uh, you could go around and. You know, so it was like you could be in the back row, but you were kind of towards oh, the front. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, re- I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like a little area to the left. Yeah. And you'd kind of like hide. You could hide. So, it was darker there. You could hide. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're standing there, and and I've got my weight. You know, I've got like one of my knees locked. And, uh. and all my weight's sort of on one leg. <laughs> just in the middle of like one of the quiet parts. He just takes his fist and hits me in the back of that, oh. that knee. <laughs> And my knees go forward and hit the wooden pew in front, like, bam! And I was like, ow! <laughs> and then, there's like that moment of pain, and like, everyone's like... And then, you know, it's Catholic Church, so heads don't even whip around. It's like... Mm, mm. <laughs> but then, church laugh. And it was like... <laughs> like, we were just like, dying of laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my siblings and I always would have that stifling laughs in church thing. The other thing that got me through uh, those uh, uh, interminable hours of church when I was a kid, because we were coming of age, too, and still going to Catholic church. What a horrible way to come of age. But, like, I spent so much time just fantasizing, having sexual fantasies about women and girls in church. You know, that's that's how, like, just like look at a lady and be like, it got me through. But then, but then, like, as soon as it was over, I'd have to go right into the confessional and be like, hey, I was having impure thoughts this whole time. This whole time. This whole time. time. (laughs) Sorry, man. Sorry. I remember because we worked on, uh, we worked in a literary magazine and and we both wrote a lot in in high school. You continue. Oh right, the uh, the school paper, the school paper. Uh, for Runes, Runes Literary Magazine. Oh right, of course. Runes. Oh man, I forgot about Runes. I was thinking about yeah. doing the paper because I was remembering that you wrote a poem. I think it was in that it got into Runes about um, about Father John letting go of 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 life. And, and that he was tethered to the, the image that you had was like he was tethered this holding this rope which was the people of the church it was like it was really beautiful and 
Religious Well, I totally forgot that I wrote a poem about Father John passing away, but that's wow, what a what a lovely metaphor I came up with. That's that is that is rather nice. (laughs) That's cool. You should look into that. You should create for a living. That's a I might talent. I might. I don't know. I don't know. What's the what's it pay? I don't know. What, um, I'm, I'm going to pay you for your appearance on this. <laughs> what's, what's this just pay? Wait, just wait, wait by the mailbox. <laughs> That's all I do anymore is wait by the mailbox. Like the mail has become, I, 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 it's been, we've been so good about not having too much quarantine discussion, but the mail has become so exciting. Like the anticipation of the mail arriving every day has become so exciting and then when i don't get shit or it's just bills it's yeah. also just horribly disappointing what's a good day what what what, do you, what comes that's like oh man oh if i get one of my nerd mag it's i haven't changed since i was in junior high school if i get one of my nerd magazines i get so excited you know all my stuff is now you know horror magazines that's that's so like nerd movie magazines if I get one of those, then I'm super excited. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of um, Amazon deliveries? Yeah, uh, deliveries in general too many because nobody will recycle the boxes anymore because yeah. of the virus. Uh, but yeah, the boxes are we're tr- cutting way back on the Amazon, but we still ba- we get like a, a weekly delivery from a company called Imperfect Foods with like oh, yeah. veggies and stuff. And I, I, that's an exciting one. I mean, I feel yes. bad about the amount of boxes and packaging material I'm putting in the recycle bin because God knows they're not recycling most of it. But, but uh, yeah, I got I opened up a package from Amazon and they're like, wait, before you throw this away, it can be reused. And it had like a, a picture of a flower on it with like a, a like a little like you cut out this piece and it's the stand for a like a cardboard flower I'm like, what i i mean i appreciate the effort but um <laughs> i don't think that's not that's not, that's not back in the rainforest that's you know? not recycling at all that's just using something again and it's probably a fire hazard the the before covid happened the thing that was cool there was a company uh that if you took stuff that you didn't need and you put it in an Amazon box, you, they, it, the shipping was free to send it to them. It's like a charity. And that was a cool thing that was going on for a while. But, hmm. but they don't do that now because just like Imperfect Foods normally would have taken all their materials back, the, the, the box, the ice packs, all the stuff that comes in it, they would have taken it back and used it again. But they're not doing that right now because of COVID. So I feel like... I'm throwing away a lot of material. So I'm not driving very much anymore, which is good for the environment, but I feel like I'm now killing the environment with cardboard. Yeah. And it's, um, I'll go, I'll walk around the neighborhood with the two year old and like 75% of the traffic are delivery vans. Yeah. It's really, yeah. He's, he's psyched. (laughs) He doesn't, he doesn't, the word for truck is do. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, and trucks like, are awesome. Do do do. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, when when my kid is now fourteen? When he was little, 
his favorite thing in our house in North Hills in, in San Fernando Valley was garbage day. And the, the three different, the three different garbage trucks would come by and he, like he would hear them coming and be like, dad, pick me up, get me in the window now. Cause he'd want to see the arms grabbing the can and dumping it into the, it was his favorite thing. And I like, Ever since then, now, now he no longer gives a shit about garbage trucks, but I get very excited now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the garbage truck is coming. It's going to pick up yeah. our garbage. Yeah, we, so we, yeah, we got recycling on, on uh, Wednesday, trash on Monday, and then if it's, a, if it's a green waste pickup, you get a Tuesday truck, too. And we have a uh, storm door. Um, the storm door, sorry, there's a storm door, and then there's the inner door. I don't know what that door is called, but it has a big, a big window in it. And he literally will like lick the window. He'll be like, ah. he's like so excited. He and the dog, they're going, ah. Garbage trucks. Yeah, it's, the best. it's awesome. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Well, they have those arms that come out and pick. Is that what happens in, in Philly? They no, have the we arms? we actually have, you know, a couple dudes who come and, and um, you know, I don't know what the deal. I've never been in this kind of situation before, but whatever our township has, the guys who do the trash, um, they'll come find your cans wherever they are. Like we have a fairly long driveway and if I like to put them out cause I think it's kind to, you know, I don't want to make them come all the way. But if you forget, they will, they'll walk all the way down the driveway, find your cans, roll them back and, and throw them in. Oh, it's old well school. compensated for that. Yeah. That's, that's, know. that's a real gig instead of just an automatic arm that does it. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty they're, they're cool. Hardcore. It's uh that reminds me of a, there was a movie. I can't remember what the hell. It was a famous movie. What was it? But it was, there was a moment where two cops, there were the cans, you know, and there was the garbage truck. And they knew, like, a, the, the perp had dropped a gun in, into the garbage can or something, like some kind of evidence of his criminalness into the garbage can. But they got there and they're like, oh, no, you can't. We can't search this garbage can without a warrant because it's it's private trash. It's on private property, so we can't do that. But what we can do is wait for the garbage truck to come and dump the trash into the garbage truck. And once it's in the back of the truck, then it becomes uh, okay for them to rifle through without a warrant. You should test this out. Commit a crime. Uh-huh. Get, Make get, it known that it's in my in my trash, and invite the police to my house. Yes. Yeah. So that's we, white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but using it for something good to find something out to see how the legal to system. To find out if, if the cops follow the. The, <laughs> the 1970s trash pickup logic. <laughs> well, you gotta. Somebody's got to do it, Tom, and I can't do it because we just have arms. Like, I can't. Oh, yeah. The cops aren't going to jump in after that. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care that much. Yeah, it's it's heavy stuff, actually, when you start to talk about law enforcement and, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad that we got to that in minute 58. (laughs) Yeah, maybe now is not the time because everybody's weird about cops. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I just would like there um, to be rules. Um, like I, I, like what you just described is like, and a lot of our, our entertainment was like that growing up, where like the cops were like 
we have to make sure that we follow these rules, right? And then there was like a thing, like, and I just think about like uh, 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 Riggs and Murtaugh, like, you know, oh, sure, it was like, yeah. the, like, we're crazy. We don't follow the rules anymore. That's like, that's <laughs> that like a dirty Harry and all that, that stuff. That became yeah. a thing, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, the idea of like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a probably an institutionalist really kind of deep down and like civic minded and, um, like I think I think we can have a functional society with really good civic mindedness and and like holding holding ourselves accountable, holding each other accountable for you know upholding the community. Um, but it just feels so, in so many ways, and maybe it's just what's broadcast about you know the president and you know people who just make a spectacle of not having roles, of not of <laughs> not uh, you know. Like and, and just the, the the ability to care for our neighbors, to support each other, um, and the structures that kind of felt like they existed. And again, this is a serious white white privilege rant, you know, like the yeah. structures that we felt existed. Like I remember uh, Officer Paul Matandi, you know, uh, <laughs> Sherburn Police Department. Like he was like he was like our buddy. Like, yeah, I caught you guys. What's that? What are you doing out there in the woods? A beer? He was my boss for a while. Yeah, uh, he was my boss as a gate guard. Were you a gate guard? Yeah, oh yeah, I was a gate guard yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I was. We were members of the police force. We yeah, technically, I had to. I had to go to court because a guy from Dover, this doctor guy from Dover, came to the pond with a, a, a fake. Like he had a friend sticker, but like taped to the window. It wasn't actually affixed properly. And I looked up the sticker. It didn't match the license plate. That's what, what our whole dumb job was. And so uh, I called him. Uh, you know, I made the have the lifeguard say, "Hey, you got to go over." <laughs> and I was, beach. I was like, "Dude, you you didn't pay. You can't actually be parking here." And he like gra- he grabbed me by the shirt and like tossed me around. You little asshole. And I was like, ah, ah, okay, dude. And then I just, I called the cops and, the, and the, he was arrested and all this stuff. So I had to go to you court. You really did it right. I mostly just read Tom Clancy novels and put no, my feet up. Yeah, usually what I was doing was reading Stephen King and listening to the Allman Brothers or whatever. But the, on this one day, I had to do a job. The, the other thing I did, like I, I did enjoy observing people in the parking lot it was always very interesting yeah there were yeah i yeah that was was a good people watching job yeah yeah yeah, it was it was certainly interesting but uh yeah the uh, yeah they let the the judge let him off that damn dover doctor dover all the bad ones are from dover that's when I learned that the whole, like, that thing they do on TV where, like, do you want to press charges? It's a bunch of bullshit. You know, <laughs> you don't get to press charges or not. They, if the guy did something illegal and they arrest him and they either let him off or they don't. It has nothing to do with you. That, that, was, that must have been a sad awakening. It was. It was a real bummer. Now, because Was that you know, before you worked at Video Paradise or was that concurrent or... Uh... Uh, that was... Was that Video Paradise? What was it called? Well, there was Classic Video in Sherburn, and then Classic. in Holliston, it was Video Connection? It was called yeah, the Video Connection. Video Paradise Con- was in Natick. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't in that one. I was in the Holliston one, yeah. uh, uh, which was 
that was a fun place to work because they had porn, which they didn't have at the Sherburn video yeah. store. And they had them all behind a... They were in like a glass case. And there was a, a three-ring binder on top of the glass case that had the boxes from the porns like cut out so you could pick which one you wanted. And then it was just a bunch of VHS tapes in the glass case with uh, correlating numbers to the boxes in the in the three-ring binder. So someone would go, I want 3379, and then you get out, you know, whatever it was. Maids fucking farmers or whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always interesting because it was right there. It was right there next to the cash register. So you'd be sitting there waiting at the cash register while someone's leafing through the porn book. And it was always interesting to see who it would be and how they would sort of acknowledge your presence while they were looking at dirty pictures. It, it was one, it was fascinating. My favorite was every Friday, this same couple would come in in a giant pickup truck and they'd park and the, and the wife would get out of the truck and the husband would stay in the truck and smoke cigarettes while she went and picked out uh, the porn they were going to watch. And, I, and she never seemed happy about it. <laughs> it was a duty she had to pick up Yeah, the I mean, porn. you would expect it to be a joyful occasion. <laughs> and the other, the other thing that was great is because it was a basically a business run by teenagers, like the bosses would pop in and out here and there, but it was mostly just teenagers running this thing. And there's porn... <laughs> And so, and it's just in boxes, and all you would have to do is open the box, drop the porn into your bag, or jam it down your pants, and you could take porn home. So half of the titles that were in the three-ring binder were not available. They were, they were not, not. They were not. Sorry. Like, so often I would go, sorry, this box is empty. I don't know what happened to that I'm tape. I'm sorry. It's not available. It's great, though. <laughs> it's, it's really. I'm sorry it's not here. It's mind-blowing. It will change everything for you. I'm so sorry. Hopefully, wherever it went, it'll eventually come back. Hopefully. Just wait 10 years, and you'll be able to punch anything you want into your computer. You'll forget it, this. This is, gonna, this is going to seem so dumb eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think that was about the, the same time that I was working at the, um, the mental health clinic. Oh, Framingham. What what did um, you do there? I was a I was a receptionist at a mental health clinic, which, uh, in terms of people watching, I did I did a lot of I think it was the summer after my freshman year. Um, you know, I just was fascinated because people would come in and, and different with different things. Like I mean, people who come in with 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 addiction issues. Like I realized after a while that the giant cup of coffee was a signal. Right, that they were trying to get sober, right? Right. They were working really hard, you know. But there were there were some some young people who'd come in, and and you'd have an interaction. You'd be like, oh, they you know they seem nice or whatever. And then they'd come in and they'd be a completely different person. And um, of course, like everything was confidential and whatever. But I'd be like, you know, someone come in and make a scene, and I'd be like, Doc, what happened? Like, well, you know, medication adjustment or not on her meds or whatever. Like, wow. Um, Yes, that was that was pretty intense. Um, yeah, just, and, and it was sort of on the hour, like hourly point. It was a big facility, and so there are all these clinicians with all different places, and and uh, so they you know they come in, they post up, and 
hey, how's it going? Or like, or just not talk to you or, but you check them all in and then hit the three, three, three digits for their doc and sit, you know, your, your patient is here and they come down the stairs and pick them up. Um, yeah. Eight hours of that every day for a summer. Really interesting. What was the, uh, what was the craziest interaction you ever had? I mean, I just think about like, uh, speaking of uh, Catholic church, I would do, um, volunteer work with homeless shelters in, in the city you know, uh, various religious groups and they take you in a van and you do like work in a soup kitchen or whatever. Yeah. And I remember like one of my interactions with uh, one of these people in the, in the shelter, like waiting in the line for soup and I'm just handing out soup. And this guy didn't like had a sip of the soup and was like, this is garbage soup. And I was like, just in the back, like serving the soup out of the big, pot into bowls and he got uh really mad about the quality of the soup and then was like it's the it and then fixated on me it was uh, the ginger's putting something in the soup and then he took uh or he i think he called me a redhead people didn't commonly call redheads gingers like that redheaded kid is putting something in the soup and he took his shoe off and he threw it at me and it landed in the soup so that was like the craziest so did you have anything like that happen um i was never the the focus of it um but but there was one so there was a young woman who came in and like she she was cute and she so and she come in every every week and she was like like very like contained but like you know kind of brooding and you know it was like she's really interesting right um but one day she came in and she just like she was like all over the place like frenetic and like you know she she, she accompanied by her mother Mm -hmm. right and like screaming like she didn't want to be there like i'm like oh my god like i knew her doc like i you know called her doctor doctor came down like they're like grabbing her like she was trying to get out right so some something major had happened um and it just it was really like, it was right. I don't know if it was the same day, but um, I got. A, I remember getting a flat tire, and and uh, just going out and like changing my tire and being like, God, I'm so fortunate in so many ways, right? <laughs> like this is the worst thing that happened to me today, and also, I have the resources, mentally and in terms of this car that my parents are paying for to to fix this problem. Right. This is a pr- mm. like so many of my problems I can fix. Yeah. And and uh, I, I don't know why it's interesting that, that comes back to me. I mean, that's just uh, like seeing people who really you realize what a scourge mental illness is and how important medication is and um, what, what brilliant people, mental health, good mental health care uh, folks can be. And um, because the, the, the variance in in who that person was from one, one day to the next was crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. Poor choice of words. It was dramatic. Dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, I, my family's calling me for dinner, so I got to go very soon, but I, 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 I wanted to ask, uh, one more question before, uh, I have to go. And that, that is this, do you, do you get aggravated when people tell you, you still look like you're 14? 
Uh, not anymore. Does that not happen? I'm like, I noticed no, you no, have it some. Have, it, it, not, not that I'm 14, but um, people will occasionally say, oh, you look the same. You look so young. And uh, I'm, I am not young. Uh, so so <laughs> no, now, me now either. like people always said, like I, it would really bother me when I was little because I was a little brother too. I was like the fifth. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I just want respect, you know? Sure. Like, treat me like an adult and, and don't, you know, tell me I look young. And now I'm like, thank you. well good for you good for you for still looking like a teenager uh when you're pushing 50 yeah 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 it's uh it's clean living is that what it is yeah it's just i don't know (laughs) all the other men of my um generation from my I understand that that male pattern baldness is supposed to come from your grandfather on your mother's side, something like that. Yeah, that's what and I so heard. So I, I went to my grandmother's funeral, and I they asked me to sing. I sang a really bad version of Ave Maria that I picked up somewhere. <laughs> but I go up into the choir loft, and I look down, and it is just like, oh, it's like everybody, top of every every man's head. And I'm like, <laughs> what's that mean? And I'm like. Who is my mother? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. 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 So I've been I've been fortunate in that way, I guess. That's pretty nice. I mean, I, sometimes I wish I could grow facial hair, but you, know. you can't grow facial hair. I mean, I can, but it's it's not it's not it's, impressive. It's just a peach. You don't have like a, a proper goatee situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I've tried a few times. My wife can catalog and tell you exactly when. <laughs> I remember the first time I did it, we were dating. We went to a, a show, um, and, and her, her friends had given us nice tickets to a show, and they were meeting us there. And she was like, go to the CVS next door and go to that bathroom and shave that off. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. yeah, so. I'm sorry. Well, we all have our crosses to bear. It's tough. As we learned as Catholics. So... <laughs> So, are you? Do you have more guests coming on, or are you wrapping up your show? How does I, this? I'm wrapping up for tonight. Um, I do have several more garage sales to stock online. Um, <laughs> oh, good. I, again, I cannot go to them, but uh, but you can for, enjoy the fantasy I, of I, haggling. I, I do. People send pictures, and I'm like, that is a lovely Hummel figure, figurine. <laughs> That's probably worth a lot of money. I could turn that around. Not today. Not today. Those, but. Thank that, you for coming on. This has been a terrific hour, and uh, and you know there's no ice cream this time. But, that's uh, sad. That's sad. A similar feeling of warmth. But also, mind. also no uh, ponded dolphins. So you know, yeah. it's right. like yin and yang. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna go open a can of tuna fish and we'll. <laughs> Todd, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, be 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 well. Let me know if you need help with your business and. Uh, you know, just just get me that fifteen mil, and I'll, I'll I'll let you know how it goes. Got a call in already. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs>